oftentimes when I meet with leaders and uh, and engage with them, uh, the question that I always you know coach them on is is that an assumption or is that a fact? Uh, and a lot of times, what happens is people have a hypothesis, a fact as a as a data set that can be replicated again and again, and that's where I think a lot of people uh, have a pitfall. Welcome to episode number 73 of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. Today we've got Satyam Kantamneni joining us as our fourth guest in our mini-series on the importance of building the skill of data literacy in individuals and in teams. Satyam is managing partner at UX Reactor, a leading user experience design consulting and training company based in Pleasanton, California. He's also the author of the new book, User Experience Design, a practical playbook to fuel business growth. Thank you so much for sharing your talents and insights with us today, Satyam. Thank you, Andy. It's my privilege to be here. Excellent. Well, we ask these first two questions of all of our guests, and today will be no exception. Before we get started, it would be great if you told our listeners your story. Uh, I the, the summary of my story is I'm a designer by choice and engineer by training, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, fortunately also uh, trained as a business, uh, you know, in business skills. Uh, so, in that story is that I actually uh, have enjoyed uh, my background in engineering, design, and business, and that's been my calling for the last uh, 15 years. Uh, yeah, I've been in this line of work now for a little over 20 years, but uh, the, the, the intersection of those three has really intrigued me over the last 15. And that's what uh, I've been trying to do for the last uh, eight years, running my own firm around it. Uh, it's a very interesting intersection. Uh, it's an intersection where uh, Apple has built the most valuable company. It's an intersection where Tesla has become the most valuable company. And we keep unlocking that with a lot of our clients. Uh, and uh it's a fascinating uh, as the world becomes more and more tech savvy uh, and how technology and user-centered design uh, can drive insane business value. It just continues to intrigue me every minute that I, uh, uh, you know, work on this topic. Well, it's it's so great to have you here because I, I, I want to introduce our, our listeners to the concept of UX uh, and UX design and the importance of that for really any modern business model. But before we get to that, if you had to pick one event in your life that just put rocket boosters behind your career, what would that be? I would say, you know, again, graduating from an engineering program where, you know, you as an engineer, you look at every problem as a problem that can be solved. Uh, is that the right problem? Is that the problem that's the most important problem? That's where I, a lot of times, like just because we can, you know, uh, you know, you can do it shouldn't mean that you should do it, right? And then, but the fact is, you know, how do you prioritize of all the problems in the world which is where the element of user-centeredness comes into. What is the biggest pain? What is the biggest opportunity where for the users that you're building it for or, or they're using the system? I think that was by far, uh, a lot of times we would, and I did my whole engineering, uh, not understanding why am I doing what, why am I learning why, what I'm learning, right? And if there was an element of like, oh, if I understood the pain that uh, is in the market for if, and if I learned this, how that pain would go away, uh, for whatever, I mean, all the tools that electronic engineering uh, would make, that's what I studied, whether that's a CPR machine, a defibrillator, 
uh, whatever that is, you, as long as we understand how the users use it, then you build it much better and much cleaner and then you're much more uh, purposeful. And I think that is by far, I would say, uh, the biggest learning. Once you start appreciating how people use it or want to use it, uh, it's such a powerful uh, way to go at it. Uh, that you know that's excellent oh uh over the uh we're recording this in early 2023 and over the uh christmas holiday the christmas holiday my my wife uh, got a scent diffuser that uh plugs into plugs into the wall and it came uh it it is controlled by an app on on her phone uh and it is it was the setup process was wildly complicated and the and and to use this device uh was also uh, it's it's wildly over engineered for something as simple as a scent diffuser <laughs> should be so this episode we're going to be focusing on the consumer and the tool of user experience design. I would say that my wife's uh, scent diffuser was a failure in user experience design. Before we get into data literacy, can you give our listeners a, a crash course on UX design and the company you run, UX Reactor? Absolutely. So <clears throat> uh, let me start with the word UX design. And there's the, the secret lies in that word itself, or uh, that phrasing itself. Uh, UX design uh, is understanding who the user for a system is, understanding their experience. The X stands for experience, uh, understanding how their experience should be exactly to what you said. Your wife's experience wasn't thought through. Uh, and then you design that experience and then you engineer it. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of companies do it the wrong way. They do it, they engineer it. Then they figure out what the design is, and then they figure out what the experience could be, and then they figure out, okay, users will be whoever and anyone. And and uh, and that's where the, the fundamental pitfall is. Uh, but UX design, and that's what we do, is we start with the user, understand them, observe them, immerse ourselves in their shoes, then understand what that experience is and should be. And then we design that and iterate on it. And then we work with engineering to kind of make that work. And that's why we are a very successful product strategy firm that helps products and platforms leverage the power of UX design uh, and uh, you know unlock you know millions and billions of dollars of value. Uh, uh, thank thank you for that explanation. That was very very clear. Uh, so let's now move to the related concept of of data literacy. Data and UX design uh, really have to go hand in hand. What, when you hear this phrase data literacy what does it mean to you <laughs> you uh, again going back to the basics data is whatever the data is and literacy is can you do you understand it can you interpret it in a way that you can make usefulness out of it uh, and or useful impact out of it uh, so in my word that's what data literacy means it, it means that you have sources to get the data you have constantly access to the data and you can make sense out of it in a way that can make impact. That's what data literacy for me is. Excellent. Now, as managing partner of UX Reactor, you're in a unique position to see the impact of data literacy or alternatively the lack thereof in the clients that you serve. Can you connect the dots for us between the skill of data literacy and creating those great user or customer experiences. Absolutely, absolutely. 
See, I, I, oftentimes when I meet with leaders and uh, and engage with them, uh, the question that I always you know coach them on is: is that an assumption or is that a fact? Uh, and a lot of times, what happens is people have a hypothesis. Uh, a lot of founders have hypotheses. A lot of leaders have hypotheses. This is what we should be doing, and uh, but that's not data. That is a hypothesis. A fact is a as a data set that can be replicated again and again. Uh, and that's where I think a lot of people uh, have a pitfall. Uh, many people, in fact, the, the challenge is uh, people don't have uh, telemetry today in this world to understand where and, and data that's coming through telemetry to understand where what the users are doing, how they're doing it, uh, where the pitfalls are. And uh, they just release a product assuming it'll just magically work. Uh, and then therefore you still have, you know, 40% of the product and features failing because of product market fit. But if data was constantly captured and you continuously are evolving around it, it's a very different picture altogether. You have companies that are adjusting, evolving, and especially in this day and age where, you know, code can be written overnight uh, or, or engineering can be can work on it over a weekend and can fix things. You need to have that rapid relationship of like, uh, this is what's happening, then how do we adjust to it, and so on and so forth. But then it's not as easy as as, it, as, it, as I say it, because it's also making sure that you have, the, you have the right data coming and it's structured in the right way. You are analyzing it and then interpreting it in the right way. And uh, you know, we always say in the user research side where we're capturing data around user insights, uh, there are five ways to screw it up. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can speak to the wrong user. You can ask the wrong questions to the users uh, and get the wrong data. Uh, you can interpret it wrong. You can uh, synthesize it and uh, document it wrong. And more importantly, you can curate it and, and, and share it wrong. Uh, so uh, there's, there's so many ways that data can be uh, or can be screwed up with that you have to be very, very careful that you know you take that data and make the right use of it to make impact. Uh, before we break for a really short commercial, I, I want to take a tangent to that question, uh, which is the concept of cognitive bias. You know, you work with uh, executives uh, all over the world. How do you coach uh, executives on their own kind of built-in uh, cognitive biases and how to how to avoid that? So I think the foundation of anything is like, you know, hey, you go in, a, whenever we are running a workshop or a discussion or a brainstorming session, we say every idea is good and safe. Let's experiment. The cost of experimentation today is close to zero dollars, right? And to kind of put something out there, again, I mean, just put it out there. Let's see how that works and let's get data out of it and see whether that's working or not working or how that's resonating or not resonating. Before we even build uh, and write a line of code, it's hundred times more expensive when uh, someone something is engineered. Uh, if you can evolve, you know, uh, adjust that earlier in, in the process, if you can even uh, triangulate uh, the data uh, around whether users like it, not like it, use it, uh, do they find it easy or not? Like even going back to the example of uh, the uh, the diffuser that your wife used, what if you know they had brought in like five or six uh, people like your wife and then tested the product and evaluated it, adjusted it, and then iterated on it before they released it? Because think about it. I mean, they probably built so many units of these. Uh, they will have a high return rate, uh, and uh, and if they have a high return rate, now what do they do? There's a loss that they're going to make. But if they actually iterated on it, adjusted it, thought through the journey. 
and then targeted it, they would probably would have, even if they saved a 10% return rate, that's still millions of dollars of value that can be created. But that's kind of where the subtlety of running an experiment and building it, just because everyone is doing an app for every you know device out there, doesn't mean you need to do that too. That's the wrong data. That's a hypothesis. Uh, and uh, but you know, if you can say that you know for your diffuser, you can actually use better and so on and so forth. Like for example, I have a sprinkler system. It's a winter storm today uh, in, the, in the California area, uh, and uh, the sprinkler system automatically senses that there's a rainstorm and it'll not uh, use water today. That's that's okay. That's smart. Setting it up was uh, you know less than twenty minutes. Now and for me, that saves my water bill. That saves that. So they understand the problems that you know goes into it, especially when you're in a drought. And that's when you know your user. You're designing for your user and you're building for them. Uh, and also, I mean, all the software companies that are out there that have a certification system, like you are, you know, Microsoft certified, you know, ServiceNow certified, Oracle certified. That's just an example that it's too complex that people have to be certified in it. Well, Satyam, let's take a brief break for a quick commercial. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. In my book, Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire, I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com. And you're, we're back uh, with Satyam talking about uh, data literacy and its relationship with UX design. Uh, Satyam, it's 2023 and businesses are just awash in data. Uh, there's a lot of talk about monetizing and leveraging data to help create competitive advantage but many businesses fail to do this effectively. In your assessment, what are the primary blockers for a business or institution to unlock the value of the data they're generating? I think data is like, you know, the answer is always there out there. Like, you know, the, the solution to cancer is out there. Finding it is the pain, right? <laughs> the data is the same way. Like the, the, the answer is in the data. So therefore, you have to go back to the basics is understanding what are you trying to solve? What kind of data do you need? Be deliberate about it, you know, and, and run and, and collate that data, structure that data and then evolve and adjust around that. I think what's happening today is, yes, I mean, I, if you my footprint is out there and I often joke half, you know, half jokingly say that, you know, uh, Facebook can be the best dating uh, service out there because it knows everything that I do and knows what my friends do and what I like or not like and can actually tell me that, you know, hey, you should date this person or and the same way and on the vice versa uh, is like same uh, for finding a, a person to join your team. And, and you know, you know what the culture of a company is. And if that data is available with a lot of the things that the company save, if Google was to read all my emails and all the things that's going on with the Google workspace, they know what kind of company we are and they know, uh, you know, what kind of person would be a fit for this. So this, again, the answers are always in the data, but knowing how we want to leverage it, what problems you want to solve it, uh, the companies that are able to leverage that and more importantly, experiment with that data. What of times, you know, data gives you a directionality. Uh, especially in the context of innovation, which is what well, you know our line of work, uh, you take that data, you kind of build a few hypotheses, and then you can rapidly uh, you know in, uh, experiment with them and say, hey, like exactly to the same thing I said, you know, what we have data around a company and they, what they talk about, what they engage on, what's important to them, 
And then here's all the people that are out there that are looking for a job or looking, searching for a job. Maybe we can kind of find a matchmaking there. And matchmaking is, is, is all about data uh, because we our footprint and our signatures as individuals in, in today's world is, is, is very deep. Uh, and and if you use it in the right way, you know a lot of other things can be unlocked. I mean, the right you know programs, you know a lot of guidance and support can be provided there. But running that rapid experiment and saying, okay, if we build this, this how would that work, and how would we adjust on that? You know, in each of those experiments, if they become successful, are billion dollar opportunities. Uh, so I think in twenty twenty three, obviously we know it's hyper digitized, partially because of the the pandemic that we just went through. Uh, but more importantly, with all the data that's coming on in the tech, uh, you know, with the tech enablement that we have had, uh, if we can start making more effective, you know, life problems, uh, uh, solutions for life problems, I think we will actually really have a very successful 2023. Excellent. Do, do you, uh, in your consulting uh, practice, do you, do you find that uh, we've always done it this way or uh, the status quo gets in the way of, uh, of creating great uh, UX experiences? Absolutely. The larger the company, the more the status quo hits it because there's just so many people who have inertia built in. And uh, uh, we see that fairly often and that's why you know our sweet spot is to work with you know mid-sized organizations uh we work with large organizations only if you're working with the c level of the or the uh, c level or the ceo of the companies because that's where change can be impacted uh but um, predominantly it is uh, the smaller you are the more effective you can kind of experiment adjust uh be agile uh and uh and that's kind of the effect of you know doing something with the data everyone has the data everyone knows what the right thing to do is uh and at least and from a hypothesis perspective but then they're concerned about what happens to status quo what happens to existing customers what happens to so and so and that uh, is basically gets in paralysis that unfortunately is very hard to survive uh, we worked with a company to just give an example uh was you know a double digit million dollars in value when we started working with them Two and a half years later, uh, they are now, uh, now not, we've, we worked with them for two and a half years, but now uh, five years after they, they started the journey, uh, they are valued at over three and a half billion dollars and growing 300% year over year. And their biggest competitor at that point, this large company has just been taken private and the CEO has been replaced, right? That's what happens when a large, it's not that the large company did not know what the right thing to do was. Uh, it's just that they were just stuck there and the data was all there. In fact, they had more data uh, because they had existing users that were using all the products, but they just couldn't act fast enough uh, because that mentality that, uh, you know, it's getting to where what you got you here won't get you there. And and, and business is always, and, you know, an, an act after another act and every act has to be recomposed. Uh, I think people don't realize that. So that's what I, I just need to answer your question. A lot of leaders, I see that pitfall and we coach them on that. And and, and times when we see that they are kind of, they think their their own issues are going to come in their way, then, you know, we kind of also have a conversation that maybe we are not the right partner to kind of accelerate that. Right, right. Yeah, it would, if if you're listening to this and you're in the consulting game, uh, make sure that you know that that partner relationship is really a two way street. Um, uh, Satyam, where should improving data literacy sit amongst the dozens of competing training priorities that an organization faces? Is data literacy a top ten skill of the future? Absolutely, I think. Uh, it, 
because if you know in the military and and I come from a military family uh uh there was actually an a fascinating uh article I read the other day which said that the special forces uh in the military uh looks for paranoid people uh and paranoid people are always looking for uh what could go wrong what could go wrong what could go wrong so that's the data that they are looking for and the, but means that they are also highly situationally aware and uh, they look at everything possibly they're, they're constantly looking at threat and uh, friend uh, analysis in their mind uh but that's how they are interpreting data uh so but many people don't even know that that situational awareness looks like this way that if something is out of place that's that means it's wrong if you see a new person that's kind of wrong so you constantly looking at data and interpreting it differently so in my as i mentioned like everyone has the data literacy is when you understand it enough that you can make impact with it and and so absolutely i think in uh, i when i finished my master's thesis uh, i so i studied something called human uh uh factors which is how humans interact with systems uh and how do you factor that human element into any system that's being designed it was predominantly a military uh uh you know centered focus when i started my line of studies but today it's obviously everywhere uh the key thing that was mentioned was understanding how that data of how humans interact can build that system much more effectively but when we look at literacy today many people don't understand that they don't even think about it so they don't even understand it. so i think to your question uh literacy is way more important because they need like i can see words uh in uh, in english written in languages like french or uh, in spanish but i i can't understand it and i can't a- act on it and that's why literacy i think is a bigger training is how do you interpret it how do you factor it into your decision making i think that is a bigger skill and when people start having that they start becoming so that that unlocks a power in their decision making that uh, they never had and then everything becomes so much more easier because you know just like you go to uh, you know a, a hispanic country and suddenly you understand how does those english words our alphabets are now working well in spanish it suddenly you know opens up all the conversations and possibilities the same as applies for the literacy part of data uh for it's a, it's a top 10 skill i think it's a life skill Excellent, excellent. So, uh, as we begin to close out the show, w- without giving any way away any state secrets uh, from UX Reactor, uh, what are the two most important data-driven insights that you advise your clients to capture on a routine basis? What data moves the needle the most in UX design? Uh, you asked me for two. I'll give you four. <laughs> uh, and and. Uh, and i say this with every leader i say go and ask anyone in your company or go and poll people in your company can they name your top users for the company can they define the top problems and pain points that they have for that particular user uh and can they dis- uh, discuss and share what are some of the top things that are happening for those problems within your purview that you're working on and finally do you know how you know that uh how you'll measure the success that you've solved those problems and and that is the uh the real uh factor that you know you need to think through when you when anyone says i'm a user centered company i'm a customer obsessed company all the words that are getting used to that if they can't answer these four and the answer is the same for everybody in the company you are not user centered and that data itself will tell you very quickly that you know how likely are you that you know you will be successful 
And uh, and it's, it's just fascinating that just like many people don't know who their main users are, what their pain points are, how what they are doing impacts them, and what's the measure of success. Right. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, that list. I'm sure our listeners will get a great deal of value taking that uh, back back into their businesses. But before I let you go, Satyam, uh, please tell our listeners a bit about your new book, where they can find it, and uh, what are you most excited about for your business in 2023 and beyond? Absolutely. Uh, so to start with, uh, the book uh, is... Uh, so there's a lot of books written about user experience design, uh, but what was not written is how is it actually uh, um, a multiplier for business growth. Uh, so this book that uh, you know I curated uh, as actually a result of how we practice up uh, in our, at UX Reactor, uh, a collection of 27 different plays that we put together, a highly illustrated book. Uh, it effectively allows leaders to understand and business stakeholders to understand how do they drive insane business growth through user-centered practices? Uh, how do they build, uh, you know, get data insights? How do they act on it? How do they experiment on it? How do you kind of measure your success, et cetera? Uh, it, it was, it's published by Wiley, so uh, it's available on all uh, you know, possible places you can buy a book, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, et cetera. Uh, if people want to know more about the book, uh, we have a, a landing a site for uh, them. It's uxtplaybook.com, uh, and uh, people can find more in details there. Uh, and what am I excited about uh, in 2023? Uh, I think that there's obviously clouds of uh, you know possible recession and so on and so forth. But for me, I mean, that's a huge opportunity because that allows when everyone's running 100 miles an hour, uh, it's very hard to, sh to stop and think about, am I right, going the right direction? Because the, the rising tide you know, lifts everyone. But now as a, as a recession kind of is, is being discussed or people are starting to think through stuff, I, I'm really excited about you know, working with organizations that are actually willing to reflect and say, is it the right thing to do versus that you just go along with it? Uh, I still strongly believe there's a, there's a gazillion life problems out there to solve through technology and the intersection of, you know, understanding what the pain points with people that are using that technology is. And whether that's education, healthcare, agriculture, uh, we, we actually can work through all that stuff. And uh, so I'm really excited about, you know, working with some uh, really fun uh, initiatives uh, and people. That's excellent. So, Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, providing your insights uh, for our listeners. Uh, my name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. You can find this show on all major uh, podcast streaming services, as well as uh, out on YouTube. Uh, and uh, please uh, uh, like the show, subscribe, rate, share uh, with your friends. This is going to be a particularly a uh, good episode for you to share if you're one of those that says we are we have a maniacal focus on the customer uh, this episode is going to unlock uh, a, a lot of the how uh, behind that so thank you Satyam absolutely thanks Andy for having me